0: Sorry to interrupt this. I was enjoying it too, but this kind of dark mood is descending, and I don't really want to do that. It's not how I want the show to go. It's important for me to start the show the way I did, but uh, there's more to life than mourning and anger. This is Robin Crutchfield, who was a founding member of DNA, the No Wave band that also included Ardo Lindsay, who we've heard on the show before. And after that, he went on to form this band, Dark Day, and the track is called The Disappearance. Leonard Cohen sang Who By Fire from his album New Skin for the Old Ceremony. He wrote that song after performing for Israeli troops during the Yom Kippur War, and that song was recorded with Janice Ian. The song was based on a prayer set on the Day of Atonement, the holiest day in the Jewish calendar, and that is Yom Kippur, the music we heard at the very opening was the piano part for the song Zion's Walls, an old shape note hymn tune arranged and adapted by Aaron Copeland. I think you've heard his name here before. He was a gay Jew from Brooklyn. Now, despite the mindset of a lot of its residents, Brooklyn is actually part of the United States, which is why a lot of people in the world would like to kill him three times. But he's safe from them because he's dead. And to my mind, he deserves paradise. And if he's there, you'll never see any of those people, ever. So, I'd like to join the group Mellow Madness in welcoming you to Buckaroo Holiday and asking the musical question, What you getting high on? Sure is. That's me, and I'm bringing you Buckaroo Holiday,
1: number 72.
0: I like that first Mellow Madness track because it has a looseness to it, that room sound and the kind of, I don't know, imperfect playing and singing, the gang vocals, all that. I like that kind of thing. I don't know. It has a great feeling to it for me. Then it was a lovely track, I think, by Epic Soundtracks. He did a couple of those albums like Rise Above that were really great. He was discovering Brian Wilson and, I think, songwriters like Carole King. Going for a stripped-down, confessional singer-songwriter thing through his own punk-derived sensibility. Very touching stuff. And then moving from epic soundtracks to a soundtrack piece that's not so epic, from Virgil Thompson's score for a strange movie called The Louisiana Story which was directed by Robert Flaherty, the documentary filmmaker, and it was made for uh, Standard Oil. So it's kind of an industrial film, but it's also a very beautiful film, as is Virgil Thompson's score, a lot of which is based on Acadian music of Louisiana. And then from 2016, a song called I'm a Dirty Attic by Kate Lebon. I don't think she's related to Simon Lebon of Duran Duran. Could be wrong, though. I don't know. What you're hearing behind me now is a track from Tapes and Topographies. This is from last year. It's called Modalities. I think it's kind of nice. And while I got you here, I may as well mention a few things pertaining to the show. There's been a big uptick in listenership recently. I think today is going to take care of that. They're going to go away because of the beginning of this whole thing. You know, fuck it. Part of this is I express myself, agree or disagree, and you're free to go and you're free to stay. Now, I do feel a little bit of an extra incentive to be sensitive to listener reactions on the Patreon side of things, because those folks are not just idly listening, they're uh, demonstrating actual support. So those shows tend to be less opinion laden, I think. Tell me if I'm wrong. But I want to tell those listeners that there are two things that they can expect coming up. I'm going to do a lot of these shows that I've mentioned from time to time. I'm going to try to do one a week. That's my way of thanking you for sticking by this thing. Because I feel like I have been slacking, I haven't been doing as much as I would like to have done. It's a tough summer, as I've mentioned before, and it's continued to be tough. A lot of little issues, family things, health things money things along with just a lot of busyness that uh, happens and it's made my project that I've been talking about the home um, organization archiving project it's slowed that down although I'm just about done with that and it's kept me from even answering emails and stuff with people I've had exchanges with people that were really interesting that I just abruptly stopped which I want to resume because you know it sucks it's rude Not to mention not doing Willy's Plastic Waffle again. It's been a long time since that, so... With this will to normalize and get back on track with stuff, another thing I wanted to do for a long time, and I'm beginning now, is this magazine, this Buckaroo Holiday Companion kind of comic book zine. Those of you who are interested in creatively contributing photography or uh, artwork or uh, comic stuff or written material anything whatever you have in mind let me know just contact me because uh, it's going to go to all the patreon supporters and then we'll get you know world peace
1: you'll find the most entertainment here it's sport
0: now let's say we rock it one time one one time here it's going to play some semi-thematic semi-related rock type tunes And the first one will be from The Replacements, who were very important to me at a certain time in my life. They were largely the impetus for the formation of my band, The Skells, that we had back in the late 80s. This song is from their album, Hootenanny. And from what I understand, it was inspired by a song from the Psychedelic Furs, called Sister Europe. On that record, and this probably has something to do with why Paul Westerberg liked it, Richard Butler went out and got loaded and then came in and like laid down on the studio floor and improvised the lyrics to this thing that's the story anyway and i believe it because richard butler used to drink at mr fadley's deli pub in Patchogue, new york where i used to hang out all the time i don't like beer anymore but in those days i loved it and that was very creatively inspiring beer always got us singing anyhow sister europe was the result of this drunken indulgence and westerberg dug something about it and decided to do this song which was a departure from what the band had been doing up to that time, which was mainly rowdy, hardcore. So it sent them off in a new direction. Well, it would've happened anyway, but it was the immediate influence on this number. So I'm gonna play Within Your Reach by The Replacements. And then after that... It's a double play. Double play, I wanna
2: eat your dick.
0: Yeah, it's a double play, because we just played Kate LeBon and she had a, or maybe has a kind of an ad hoc duo called Drinks with Tim Presley. Of course, I'm all for the idea of Drinks, and it also relates to um, the story I told you about The Replacements and Psychedelic Furs. This song by Drinks is called 18 Teenage Revenge Pair. Just trying to pronounce that carefully because it's a little bit of a mouthful. It was released in 2015 first time I heard it, little bits of the music reminded me of Sister Europe by the Psychedelic Furs. So naturally that'll be our third selection. Here's the replacements.
3: Stupid on a Stein away, so sick upon a Stein away, the sailors drown. See them talk and see them drown, see them drink and fall around up on the floor. so
4: Oh my
3: home again. Lonely in the crowded room, the radio plays out a tune so silently. The radio upon the floor is stupid; it plays as no voice. So,
4: Sister of mine, oh my god
3: Sister of mine, oh my god Broken on a ship of fools, even dreams must fall to rule
5: still, stupidly Words are all just useless sound, just like cards they fall around, and we will be sufferers,
3: my oh my,
4: my.
3: To see them fall to dust,
5: they fall around in another crowded room. Paint me like the shirt I'm in. Honestly,
3: sister of mine, home
4: again, sister of mine.
0: Psychedelic Furs from their first album came out in 1980. I think that album and the one after it, Talk, Talk, Talk. Three Talks or Two Talks? Hmm. And Mark Hollis had Talk, Talk. And I think, uh, the Bono Music Machine had a song by that title. But anyhow, those first two Psychedelic Furs albums stand up. They were really good albums. Now because that Psychedelic Furs tune uses a kind of tritone gimmick, I almost played Black Sabbath's self-titled song from their first album. It's kind of long, and I didn't. So I apologize to some of you, and to others of you. You're welcome. And now the news. Yeah, you know, with all the horrific stuff that's going on lately, I wanted to report one bright spot. Martin Scorsese's picture, Killers of the Flower Moon, appears to be a colossal bomb. I can't remember the last time this guy made a movie that I thought was any good, but it was a long, long time ago. And one of the actors in it, surprise, surprise, is Robert De Niro. Now this is an actor who excelled at playing moronic hotheads. Now every other role I've seen the guy in, it's just really bad, really, really bad. Why is he so good at playing that particular kind of character? I don't know, I don't know, that's a mystery. And now they're saying Snow White, the Disney reboot of Snow White, might not even be released. That's nuts, I'm telling you it's nuts. It's people,
4: it's music, it's
0: sport. Yeah, I'm sport and it's music. And here we go, with more of that. And I'm uh, gonna play a track by a singer called Easy Williams, right? Not Edie Williams, the Russ Meyer star, Easy Williams. Now I know really nothing about her. I don't even think Easy Williams is necessarily her name. There's this one album it's on Dot Records. I think it was 1957. And it seems like they're trying to get a, uh, what's her face, Uh, Julie London thing happening. So it's a mellow jazz trio sound, no rhythm section, sultry singing and very smooth, sexy. The whole thing is it's, you know, the liner notes talk about, you know, you can be swaying in a hammock with, with grapes and champagne and chilling out and all that. So a lot of the songs have the word easy in the title. The standards like Easy Street and this one, Easy Come, Easy Go, written by Johnny Green, written by Johnny Green and Edward Heyman, who also wrote, um, I want to be loved by you. I cover the waterfront um, out of nowhere. So the song's good. People are talented. But I think it's kind of a quickie album. They just wanted to get this thing on the market sometimes that's a good thing, like with song poem records. Things that wouldn't really pass muster on a major release get through. There are things about this arrangement that are really kind of strange. Right in the middle of it, there's a dissonant chord that kind of comes in suddenly. It's a little bit jarring, even though the playing is very mellow. It's just guitar, vibes, and bass. You'll see what I mean. Anyway, it sets a kind of a mood that I guess I'll continue with the rest of the set. I'm going to play an excerpt of music by Georges Pelesch. He's a Latvian composer and musicologist. He's born in 1947 and he believes in consonants and accessibility. Even though his sensibilities are modern, he stays away from the scrunky stuff. And I'm just playing an excerpt because the piece is kinda long-ish for this show, but I want you to get an idea of what he does, and I do advise checking into him if you dig this, because his stuff is good. P-E-L-E-C-I-S is how you spell his name. Like I said, I got that kind of mood going. I'm gonna take that mood into sort of familiar territory. For us on the show, uh, Gentle Giant is gonna be back from 1974, the album Power and the Glory. So called Aspirations. And it's another one of those bands that I play them enough on the show that you would think they're one of my favorite bands. I like them a lot. They're not one of my favorites and I don't play them regularly, but they have a very particular sound. And sometimes it really hits the spot for me, especially their ballads. And then speaking of ballads, we'll round out the set with somebody else you've heard here before, June Tabor. powerful piece called False. False. It's a Scottish song that was collected by Ewan McCall and Peggy Seeger on one of their song-gathering expeditions. It was sung to them by a tinker, or traveler, or a gypsy. June Tabor recorded it here in uh, 1994, I think. Around there. Well, that's a lot of yak yak. Here we go. Here's Easy Williams. <laughs> King Thank you, June Tabor. I said the mood is nice and all, but you know, like we enjoy our occasional mixed grill here in Buckaroo Holiday. So I'm gonna do another one of those now. What do we got? What do we got? Okay, well, one thing you need to hear here is a guy named Gordon Alexander cut this album in the late 60s and he's a weird sort of a dude. I kind of like it and I kind of don't like it. It's really dorky and pretty trippy. I almost played a song called One Real Spins Free. I'm going with a different one. It's called Puppet Theater 23 for reasons I ain't got the patience to figure out. Whoa, did you hear that? That was my stomach growling. Holy mackerel, well, I'm gonna repeat that. I'm gonna turn it up. Holy mackerel, I'm gonna put some reverb on it. Now I'm gonna loop it. (laughs) Oh, my God. I know, it's disgusting, I know. Okay, anyway, Gordon Alexander. So he's a little spaced out, might be a little dumb, I really don't know. And a lot of it's a little incoherent. This one isn't that incoherent. But what's interesting about it is that the arrangements on it are by David Angel, the guy who did Forever Changes for Love. So kind of like when you hear George Martin's orchestra doing um, Theme 1, you can hear... The Beatles' sound without the Beatles. and this, you can hear the sound that forever changes without love. And I don't care what they say. I won't stay in a world without love, but let's see what it's like. After Gordon Alexander, I'm going to play a track called Glendora. Have you ever seen a chat with Glendora? It used to be on the cable channels around here. Wow. She was just this woman who was... Man, I don't even know what she was up to. Always well, we seemed to be hassling with the cable company and the local... Government, and she would read all the motions that she was filing on TV. Wigged out chick with a crazy sort of thrift store hat. But I don't think this is about her. It's an instrumental piece by the composer Caitlin Aurelia Smith. She's a young composer from out west. One of the latest in a long and distinguished line of female innovators in electronic music. Then I got a track by Oscar Brown Jr. in the category of... um, Surprise Performer Breakdown (laughs) type of records. You might put some of Screamin' Jay Hawkins records in this category, and I don't know if you ever heard Down Came the Rain by Mr. Murray. It's a novelty idea. Oscar Brown Jr. is going to hit us with that one. Before we get to all that, though, I'm going to start with a track by Benny Spellman, who was one of Alan Toussaint's stable of artists. Along with his own records like Fortune Teller, he did like The mother-in-law On Ernie K. Doe's record. And you can hear Tucson all over this track. It's called I Feel Good. And I hope that's what you say when you're listening to it.
5: Read, so long sappy i have run away i threw myself down across our empty bed and this is what i said One father rode it at an all-night bar. Wound up so loaded I tore up my car. The judge threw the book at me, and when I read his sentence, there I sit.
6: I was
4: cool.
5: So I said, she's the only one I have to thank. And I found her and pulled my gun and fired. Point blank The shot whistled right straight past That woman's head And killed my hound dog (laughs) dead As they carried me away I was overheard to say Be cool, be cool
6: Stay cool, keep cool
0: From all directions youngsters are on the receiving end of a barrage of double entendre and off color lyrics and music what's the result simply that homosexuality wife swapping masochism and premarital relations are made to appear to be as natural as a child's craving for ice cream
4: mm, yummy.
7: Sherba to me, Herbert. Shoot the Sherba to me, Herbert,
8: shoot it now. You send me with your jazz, so send me, Herbert, send me. You make me feel the fresh Da 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 da. Oh, shoot the
2: sherba to me, Herbert.
7: Shoot the Sherba to me, Herbert. Shoot the Sherba to me, Herbert. Shoot it now.
4: WHAT'S happening, BABY? Hey,
0: hey, boy! Yeah, I'm right here, and that was Kathleen Lane singing with Bob Chester's Orchestra in 1939. Now, what the hell do they really mean by that title? Shoot the sherbet to me, Herbert. Well, to find the answer, you'd have to consult Homer. Not the guy who wrote the Iliad, no. I mean, Ben Homer. it might be his brother or something. He's the guy who wrote the song, and, well, he's dead, so... We'll never know. Sure makes you wonder though, don't it? By the way, Ben Homer, his original last name was Hoser. (laughs) Interesting information, eh? Take off. Anyway, now let's turn to something that's been a nuisance, a thorn in everybody's side for decades now. like iran has been destroyed completely bummer oh well say, la vie. move on to something else how about glam different kinds of glam you know i love t-rex and i like adam and the ants they were successors to that beautiful disposable form of glam and then there's kid creola and the coconuts you know i love them too and they were a lot of things but glam they definitely were So let's do that, right? Yeah. So while I clean up this mess and get things set up, let me get John Lydon over here. Hey, John, tell us about T-Rex. I just
1: love that band. I, I love everything they did for music. Terrific kind of interesting textures. "Lives of Gas is a record that means so much to so many people at that time. It, it was an amazing song. It worked such a treat at the festivals way back then. When you heard that quality blast out of a PA, it totally changed your moody, miserable perspective. Loved them. Loved them. Mr. Boland was just one of Britain's finest, I think, and anyone who disagrees shouldn't be listening to the rest or the previous parts of this Show.
9: I could have loved you good like a planet I could have changed your heart to a star But it really doesn't matter at all No, it really doesn't matter at all Life's a guide Could I could have built a house on the ocean, I could have placed a love in the sky, but it all really doesn't matter at all, no it all really doesn't matter at all, life's a guy. I turned you into a priestess. I could have burned your feet in the sand. But it all really doesn't matter at all. No, it all really doesn't matter at all. Life's a gas. But it doesn't matter at all. No, it really doesn't matter at all. Life's a gas. That's guy.
0: another big part of the no-wave scene, like DNA, who I mentioned before. This song is called Contort Yourself, a version of the song remixed by August Darnell of Kid Creole and the Coconuts. In between Adam and the Ants and Distractions by Kid Creole had a little bit of Burundi drums, because they both used those, so I just thought I'd put the real thing in there for a second. Adam and the Ants used them as a an element in this mishmash of sounds they did, which was part spaghetti western, Ennio Morricone type of music, part uh, punk attitude, part glam rock, part Burundi drums, and a lot of chanting and what you might call uh, noble, savage, cultural appropriation type stuff. It was fun. Speaking of fun, Distractions was from the... Uh, fourth, I guess, Kid Creole and the Coconuts album, which was the third one of this kind of trilogy of a kind of an odyssey that August Darnell wrote, which was a way of uh, illustrating his pan-cultural interests and the influence that had on the music that the band played. In my months-long archiving project that I've been talking about, I came across my old songbook of uh, Dr. Buzzard's original Savannah Band, and August Darnell wrote a short story as a kind of an introduction. And God, boy, what a what a mind. I think he taught literature before joining his brother in Dr. Buzzard. And it makes sense. Something else just occurred to me, something I'm thinking about here. At one point in Life's a Gas, Mark Boland says, I hope it's gonna last. It's kind of touching. So it got me thinking a little bit about kind of show ideas. Uh, you know, I have these concepts for shows. Like One of the shows I'm gonna be doing on the Patreon is an expansion of the interludes section I did on one show. I think Mike O'Shaughnessy mentioned that he liked the interlude thing. And I'm gonna do a whole Patreon special, just interludes. Yeah. But now I'm thinking, and, you know, I haven't really thought this through, it's just a passing idea, but, um, moments in songs, like, just that leap out for various reasons. Um, you know, it's kind of half-baked. I may not go with this, but hear me out here. uh, naturally i'm going to be hitting on some of my war horses here uh, favorite songs because they, they're the ones that spring to mind as having these moments but a lot of this has to do with arranging in production that's really thinking about the song and what it's trying to convey so it's not strictly a musical thing it might be almost a literary thing where you're trying to get into the head of the song's protagonist get a sense of their thoughts their feelings inside you know like just this completely unexpected moment in thin lizzy spider falls a, a beloved song to me because it's kind of the theme song of the core my old group of scotch drinking buddies and so uh, the recurring line after all this time i tell myself that i blah blah, blah and so it's reflective and in this one here it's uh, a simulation or a recreation of the jumble of echoing emotions that can happen when you're thinking seriously about your life and your choices.
10: After all this time I tell, yeah. myself, tell, I tell, I tell myself 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 tell myself, myself, tell myself, myself that am passing through
0: time I tell myself that I'm just passing through time. And when you hear a song, maybe more than any other kind of art, you're really inhabiting an emotion in real time. There's an analogy to some of the visual things that happen in a painting with the colorations, um, the interior descriptive aspects of a novel. Like I said, there are cinematic effects like Tom Bell does with the spinners in games people play. A song about the uh, near misses and accidental connections of love. And it's got this urgency, this song. It's, it's, it's kind of chugging. And there's all these different voices in it. It all contributes to this mood where you feel this character. He's in turmoil emotionally, and he's in this world where it's, he's hustling, you know, he's got to get to work. He's doing this, he's doing that. And he's just dreaming of this girl. She's his salvation. He needs her. So this moment in the song builds up the emotion there and then drops it back into banality with like a, a time check. Just about as bland as you can get. And later in the song, you know, that moment of banality pays off in the accidental reunion with the girl. And it's a weird comparison, but it makes me think of The Shining, the movie. Big buildups that go nowhere. Just tension, tension, and then a release into nothing more compelling than a shrug. Makes for a boring movie, but it creates the most memorable moment in the song.
4: Thinking just of you.
0: What a great record. It's kind of an emotional transition though, that moment. It takes you from one mode to another. And another example of that is Scott Walker, It's Raining Today. The music largely consists of a uh, minimal electric bass and acoustic guitar combo, but behind it is this wall of atonal strings and that's kind of the gray rainy sky that this guy is laboring under as he tries to get over his heartbreak and in the first part of the song he's remembering and it's wistful and it's almost like he has this moment where he says fuck it enough of this i gotta face facts i gotta like look towards the future and it all crashes down that atonal sky of gloom solidifies and falls and uh i think it's an incredible moment scott's latter-day work the more extreme late albums like Bish Bosh and Tilt, etc. That work shows that he was really always headed in this direction with this kind of arrangement. But I suspect at this point in his career, the idea was a collaboration between him and Wally Stott, the album's arranger, who later became Angela Morley. Here's the moment where it happens.
3: I've hung around Listening to the old landlady's hard luck stories.
0: The record is just fantastic, and the background arrangement, all by itself, is a marvel to listen to. And I got another one here that has the same thing almost happening, that crash, except this time, instead of an emotionally devastating moment, it's uh, flippant and sarcastic. And in a way, you could see it as a musical joke, but aside from also being a great piece of brass section writing and playing, it does have its emotional heft to it because it indicates a kind of an anxiety and a regret and a scorn for uh, this memory that the whole song is steeped in. One of Steely Dan's most popular songs, My Old School. California tumbles into the sea and then the punchline. You get to hear it happen. So Scott Walker had this tender, heartbreaking memory that he's chasing away to look forward. And so he's kind of in the moment and looking forward where Steely Dan is now removed from this situation. They're looking back on it without fondness and just flipping the bird to the past. So it's a very different emotion in the same same kind of retrospective mode, you know what I'm saying? But anyhow, these were a few obvious examples of this kind of thing that popped into mind, and uh, I don't know, maybe we'll think about it some more. If you have ideas about things like that, let me know, and we can include them in the show for little sidebar features like this. Got one more though, because this one here is, um, well, you know, the the horn descent, the, the crash of my old school, that great bird flip there, is kind of illustrative. And here's one that's also very illustrative. It, uh, it creates an image, but it's an exhilarating image. And it's from the genius of Brian Wilson. And it's, it couldn't be more simple, both the image and the way it's achieved, but it's absolute fucking genius, I think. Catch a wave. He uses a harp and a cymbal to create the entire movement of a wave crashing. It swells and it dissipates. The harp is the swell, and the cymbal is the dissipation. I'm gonna cut to one here that's got no vocals, so you just hear the harp and the cymbal thing. Come on, right? Damn, damn. So, you know, the thing now seems to be like I should play all those songs in their entirety, but they're all pretty familiar. You can get to all those pretty easily, right? And I only got about a half hour left on this thing, so uh, I'm not gonna do that now. It's I think you'll agree with me that these lavishly produced jingle singer spots lend a certain pizzazz to the hobbycast. cast. All right, right, now I'm gonna hit you with a mixed grill. I'm gonna hear something by Zoot Money. Real journeyman. He was a member of Grimm's, along with Neil Innes and Mike McGear and others. He was in the band Dantallion's Chariot, who recorded The Great Madman Running Through the Fields. And he played with a lot of people that I really love uh, Vivian Stanchel, Alan Price, Georgie Fame. And he had this album, Welcome to My Head, in 1969. I'm gonna play a track from it. It's kind of homely music, it's interesting, weird kind of thing. You know, it's not for everybody. You might put him in the category of a performer like Ringo, in a way. He's likable. His voice is not technically ideal, maybe. But I think it's worth a listen. I going to play the final track from the album, The Decision Hour. Elaborately produced. Vic Briggs did it around the same time he was doing The New Animals with Eric Burden. Those really odd, late Animals albums that I think are kind of cool. And Zoot was part of that, too. Then I'm going to play a short piece called diamara Jayana Eros is the performer and composer. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Z-H-E-A-N-N-A-E-R-O-S-E. She's young, and she composes microtonal music. That's why I'm including such a short piece. I think it's exceptionally beautiful, particularly for microtonal music, which I have a taste for, but A lot of people don't, so a minute will do for most of you. I'm gonna use more of her music on one of the Patreon specials that's gonna go more into outre, out there type of stuff, or at least what most people would consider outre and out there. There were a few composers, Kyle Gann, who's also a music critic and a teacher at Bard College. I happen to have hung out with a couple of times. Nice guy is also a composer who tries to bring out the accessible side of microtonality. So it's not so alien and strange, but actually has the emotional impact of conventionally written music. He succeeds and so does she brilliantly. I love her stuff. Here's a little taste of it. And her piece will be followed by a song called Dietrich Bonhoeffer by a band called The Chairman Dances. And you got this band, they're named after a piece by John Adams. So, you know, they're kind of arty. If you never heard of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, I'll talk about him afterwards. So that's the set you're going to hear. But first, it's a track by Sugar Minot, the reggae star. This is one of his last recordings. He had done this cover of Aretha Franklin's One Step Ahead, which is my favorite Aretha Franklin song. Ain't saying much, I'm not a big fan, but I like that track a lot. So he covered it here, and apparently he recorded it over a Casio beat, never finished it, and the producer got his band to play the track along with vocal recording. And I think it's great. It has a great old school reggae sound. And the song is just terrific. So here's Sugar Minot heading off our mixed grill. we do, and it's all we've got really. You just heard Dietrich Bonhoeffer by the Chairman Dances, and I said I'd mention a little bit about him. If you never heard of him, he was a Lutheran preacher or minister or whatever they call it in Lutherandom, <laughs> And he stood against the Nazis in Germany. Stood against their oppression and genocide of Jews, and for this he was imprisoned and executed. Here's a quotation from Bonhoeffer. He said, Stupidity is a more dangerous enemy of the good than malice. One may protest against evil, it can be exposed and if need be prevented by the use of force. Evil always carries within itself the germ of its own subversion in that it leaves behind in human beings at least a sense of unease. Against stupidity, we are defenseless. Neither protests nor the use of force accomplish anything here. Reasons fall on deaf ears. Facts that contradict one's prejudgment simply need not be believed. In such moments, the stupid person even becomes critical. And when facts are irrefutable, they are just pushed aside as inconsequential, as incidental. In all this, the stupid person, in contrast to the malicious one, is utterly self-satisfied, and being easily irritated becomes dangerous by going on the attack. For that reason, greater caution is called for when dealing with a stupid person than with a malicious one. Never again will we try to persuade the stupid person with reasons, for it is senseless and dangerous." That from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I would add that some of the stupidest people you'll ever meet are the most educated, the seemingly smartest. Which brings me back to religion. So many noted atheists, like the late Christopher Hitchens or the, alas, still-living Sam Harris, make a big deal of humans using religion to justify the bullshit they inflict on other humans all throughout history. But the same can be said for political ideologies, like Marxism and all of the uniformly idiot mutations of that, or science, like eugenics, everything connected to the China virus, you know. And wait till you find out about the climate frenzy. Um, also sociology, you know, like the racist crusades going back to the KKK all through today's anti-racism bullshit. My point is that humans will make a slaughterhouse out of anything. But there's a side of religion that's inspired progress in human rights and elevated the purposes of art and its effects, helped individuals navigate an inhospitable world. And I'm not a believer, but I do celebrate sincere faith, benevolent faith.
11: You cannot petition the Lord with prayer.
0: Easy, Jim. Just listen to what I'm saying, please. Anyway, as I was saying, I got a couple of songs here, In That Spirit. Now, I grew up Catholic, so I relate to the Christian modes. And so I'm playing these kind of as a gesture to the Bonhoeffers of the world, because there are a lot of people who, you know, when the slightest breeze touches them, their kind humanity blows away like a moth. You know, when you touch its wing and it turns to powder and suddenly the Jew hate is revealed. So while I would describe my family as secularly Christian and Jewish, These two numbers will strike you as Christian, I'm sure, but that's all right. Bruce Coburn is someone I never listened to very much. He seemed like another Jackson Brown, and one's too many. And from what I gather, his politics don't really send me. Not that that matters, but if somebody's music is especially political, you're not going to like it very much unless you resonate somewhat with the message. But again, I don't know much about him, but I was recently chatting on the Patreon, We were talking about when I saw a concert by Tom Waits that Leon Redbone opened for, and it reminded me of another time when I saw Leon Redbone headlining, and Bruce Coburn was opening for him. This was the late 70s, and he played amazing guitar and seemed to be into Christian mysticism. That's what I got from the performance, I don't know. And around that time, he released the song I'll play right here. So this song is a prayer. Uh, dude, keep your pants on. Well, no, wait. Just relax and let me finish. So Coburn's song is a prayer and it's not what I'd call dogmatic. Hear that barking? That, now that's a dogmatic. Arf, arf. And let's see, after Bruce Coburn, I have one from a singer from Nashville. Her name is Molly Pardon, and I guess they call her a worship singer. She's got her own setting here of a morning prayer that Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote while he was in Tegel Prison in Berlin. Lyrically, it reminds me of what Cohen was singing about in the song, If It Be Thy Will. Musically, it reminds me of an old Christian anthem called the Doxology, which uh, a lot of people know as Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. You
2: cannot petition the Lord with prayer!
0: Okay, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. You're absolutely right, okay? So anyway, we got those two, and I'll finish up the set with a piece of chamber music from the Jewish composer Joseph Achron, who I've talked about and played on the show before. This is a movement of his piece called Kirush Hashem, and this is the song of the Little Tailor. Now let me listen to this. Now you're talking sense, Jim. And we will. But first, Lord of the Starfields by Bruce Coburn.
3: Of the storm cloud, beginning and end, you make my heart leap like a banner in the are few Sower of life, Heaven and Earth are Full of your life Voice of the no
0: This will bring us to the end of another Buckaroo Holiday. You know, recently, I think I might have mentioned earlier in the show, there's been a a big uptick in listeners. I expect to lose a lot of those new listeners with this show. I'm sure they're gone by now. That ain't my intention, but it's often a consequence of being who you are and speaking your mind, so fuck it. While I was here working on the end of the show, just putting this thing together... News came across that the New York Times and CNN and AP and Reuters had people embedded with Hamas when the attacks of last month were undertaken. Think about that. Or don't. And another piece of news that's completely different, much more personal and positive. Looks like the Corps is going to get together this weekend, or at least some of them. And we're also going to be working on a Willie's plastic waffle for the next show. So, if World War III isn't completely obliterating all of us, I'll see you soon with a new show. It'll be a lot shorter interval than it's been between these past two. I promise. And, as I said, there will be a whole bunch of Patreon shows. I'm going to release them frantically because I need to occupy my mind with something else. So I'm going to enjoy my family and the friends I have left. I'm going to return to Scranton. That's right, we have a plan to return to Scranton. (laughs) Gonna be toiling over a whole bunch of Patreon specials, as well as the upcoming Buckaroo Holiday Companion magazine and comic book. And let's see, I want to end on an upbeat note. It's always a good idea. I'm going to play a Slade song. Yes, Slade. You know how I feel. This one I actually played before in the show, really early on, one of the first shows. And with it, I bid you happiness, love, health, peace, prosperity, justice, laughter, and always music. I lift my buckaroo to all of you. Thank you for listening to Buckaroo Holiday.